we live under a new regime in terms of alcohol consumption in the province of British Columbia this weekend. Bars, restaurants, and individuals will only be permitted to buy a certain quantity of alcohol. Purchases will be limited to no more than three of any individual item per day. This is effective immediately and until further notice. Uh, uh, Our next guest has been quoted in the paper this morning as saying, this is insane. The only reason BC liquor stores are rationing quantities is because of the strike which is shutting down the distribution warehouses. This according to ABLE BC Executive Director Jeff Gignard who joins us this morning. Jeff, uh, you've been quite a regular here on CKNW the past couple of days. We do appreciate your getting up early to do it one more time. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Well, it's good to have you with us and it's tough times. We're going to talk to Laura Jones from the Canadian Federation of Independent Business in our next half Mm -hmm. hour, Jeff, about uptick in business bankruptcies Canada-wide. Uh, this yeah. uh, this uh, liquor rationing is uh, is uh, particularly impacting a business that, in many cases, it's still on its knees, struggling to get back on its feet in the first place from two years of pandemic. Talk to us yeah. about what people in your your licensees are saying to you. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. I mean the the challenge here is things have really gotten out of hand. Uh, whatever the issues are in the labor dispute between the BCGU and government, that is nothing to do with the industry but by striking in front of these four warehouses that supply about 40 percent of the alcohol in the entire province they're making it all of our problems so what you saw in yesterday when government stores bc liquor stores started putting in quantity limits yeah on some products particularly the popular ones they're not any limits on beer there's no shortage of beer in the province but on import products and you know hey y'all some refreshment products like that um they're they're now you know causing damage to the very small businesses that we've all been wanting to help and support get through the pandemic. I don't think people realize that the you know, that the financial damage from the pandemic is still playing out in our industry. Yes. We lost about 15% of pubs and restaurants and bars through the pandemic, and a lot of them were just limping through this summer, and now we're dealing with this. So um, what uh, and were many of the uh, members of your association, Jeff, able to sort of read the writing on the wall and place uh, larger orders in, in advance of what they suspected might be coming down? Well, in some cases, yeah, you try and stock up a little bit. But, you know, this, these labor discussions have been going on for months sure. now, right? And, um, and even when they did you know, announce that we're going to strike, we had still had serious hopes that both sides would, would come to the table and figure it out. I mean, we're a $15 billion industry with thousands of small businesses and over 200,000 workers. So we were really hoping that everybody would understand that what was at risk here and not go down this route. And it's really frustrating because the only reason that we're limiting quantities or you're seeing these impacts is because the two sides are not even at the negotiation table right, right. now. So that, that's really frustrating for us. And we feel like we're, um, you know, someone needs to send an adult in the room, get the two sides back to the table and negotiate because we're now being impacted and consumers are being impacted by this. And this is just not fair. Yeah, and, and so in terms of appetite for that return to the at least sitting face to face in the same room discussing details, which appears to be not happening even a little bit. What what sort of pressure are you as a as an alliance, as, as, a, as an organization, are, are what sort of pressure are you able to bring? bring to bear on particularly government, but, but even both parties. Yeah, well, we, we've been speaking with government every single day, multiple times a day since the strike began on Sunday. We've been clear in media repeatedly that you know, this this is quite serious. It's going to get worse before it gets better, and customers are now going to see that this weekend. We even opened communication with the BCGU and said, this is impacting our small businesses. That's not fair. We're not part of your fight. 
And all sides just seem to be sympathizing, but uh, no one is actually moving and doing anything right now. And that, that's what's deeply frustrating for us. And I, I think it's probably going to be quite frustrating for consumers out there. These so, limits, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so if, if the industry itself or industry groups like yours, ABLE, BC, are unable to convince the, the government of the need to resume bargaining and get this thing underway, perhaps once this uh, shortage or rationing starts to impact uh, consumers on a hot summer uh, day, uh, perhaps then uh, uh, upset consumers can be brought to, can bring pressure to bear to politicians and MLAs, the likes of which the industry itself is unable unable to do, Jeff. Yeah, we're, we are hoping that this will be a bit of an impetus to get both sides back to the table and negotiate. I mean, you can sort of understand the union's tactic here, right? By standing in front of those warehouses and blocking access to those products, what they're doing is they're really hitting the B.C. government in the pocketbooks. Sure. B.C. government makes about $1.2 billion a year off alcohol, and it goes through those distribution centers. So I think that's what they were trying to do. At the same time, you'll notice that they're not standing in front of their own liquor stores or their own cannabis stores. And I think that was an effort to not annoy consumers too much. Now this is impacting consumers. It is impacting thousands of small businesses. And ultimately, the message from us is enough's enough, guys. Whatever your dispute is, this cannot impact the industry that is as fragile as ours trying to recover from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Thousands of small businesses and the millions of British Columbians who use our stores, pubs, restaurants every single day. Well, Jeff, some of those small businesses that are are being impacted or perhaps will be impacted are, in fact, private liquor stores and private cannabis stores uh, who receive all of their stores stock from the same point as the government stores. So they still have whatever stock they've got left, but they're not receiving anything new either, are they? No. And to be clear, even when government put limits on the BC liquor stores, this is not government's fault. They're just trying to deal with dwindling supplies. We see the same thing in cannabis stores and in liquor stores. I was speaking of one cannabis owner last night. They said that they expect to be out of most popular products that consumers purchase by Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And that means they, if they have nothing to sell, they will close their doors temporarily and lay off their staff. This is about to have real-world impacts. I was speaking to some other owners yesterday who are the agents that import alcohol, Mm -hmm. the folks who own the products in those warehouses. They haven't had any movement on anything since last Monday. They're now not getting payments from you know, suppliers because they there's nobody buying alcohol. They're laying off staff this weekend. Like this, this is insane. These are the consequences of two sides that just can't get back to the negotiating table. And we're, we're fed up with this. This should not be impacting our businesses. Please, someone, find the adult, get them back to the table, and negotiate a fair deal so we can all get back to work and stop damaging our industry. No question about it. Jeff, setting all of this labor business aside for a moment, here's, mm-hmm. a, here's, a, here's a bone of contention that I'm sure comes up, especially at the annual general meeting of, of organizations like uh, the Alliance of Beverage Licensees or ABLE BC, and that's this, mm-hmm. whole, this whole notion of centralized distribution in the first place. There's got to be another better way because no matter whether you're private or public, you have to go through the same bottleneck that is tightly, yeah. tightly controlled. Is there, down the road, a possibility for better, a more equitable distribution? Absolutely. I mean, part of our job is to find solutions here, and it's difficult to make any changes in the middle of a strike. But of course. Let me give you an idea of one of the things that would help immensely. So the first thing customers will notice shortages on are some imported products, particularly spirits, but also those ready-to-drink, you know, vodka sodas, oh, hey, yeah. y'all, nudes, neutrals. Mm-hmm. A lot of those products are manufactured here in British Columbia by your local craft brewery or winery. We're allowed to direct deliver anything that comes directly from a local, you know, BC winery, a BC brewery, BC distillery, except those products. 
those have to go into those warehouses and get shipped from the LTB. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, we have a truck going from that you know warehouse, uh, sort of the, the craft brewery, to a liquor store, dropping off some beer, and then continuing on to drop off those other products at the LTB, who will later deliver it to that you know, store, right? So the, the, the chain doesn't make sense there, and we hope we can get some logical reforms like that, because we've just exposed how fragile this distribution system is when you have a monopoly on the warehouses. Indeed. Well, of course, monopolies are, are really uh, impeding a lot of progress in many ways in many sectors of the economy these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as distribution networks of the future go, uh, this might, once the, uh, the details of, of the finances and the labor business are resolved, this might, in fact, leave the door open for some improvements, don't you think, Jeff? Well, you can certainly see that now that this issue has been brought into the entire $15 billion liquor industry and all of our businesses, you can see all of us are going to be talking to government about that because we we cannot have these sorts of disruptions, particularly coming out of a pandemic when businesses are just struggling to get back on their feet after losing money for two years. Don't forget, we also have a labor crisis in this province. 95% of pubs, bars, and restaurants can't get enough staff out there. So, you know, you have to imagine that the, the phone calls and emails I'm getting in our industry just feels picked on. People are throwing up their hands and say, why, why in the world is this impacting me and what's next? Can't you go pick it in front of somebody else or stand in front of your own stores or just leave us the heck out of this? Yeah. Well, of course, then that would that would, would be no impact. There'd be no headlines. There'd be no upset people, and and therefore no ammo for for their particular point of view. Jeff, well, we we problem. do hope that this is resolved as quickly as possible. That we do need some adult supervision. It would be nice to see that happen. Absolutely, and we just want to get back to work and continue to do our jobs and you know build this economy and recover from the pandemic. And it just it feels deeply unfair. And this action. You know, I know it's a strategy for negotiations, but it's irresponsible because it's having a real-world impact for people who have nothing to do with this dispute. Indeed. Jeff, thanks for getting up early to do this. We do appreciate it very much. Anytime. Take care of yourself. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.